Hey guys, just wanted to say thank you so much for listening here. Um, if you're finding value with this podcast, if you wouldn't mind sharing it out with a friend that is all that I ask, share it out with another home service business owner that you think what's being taught in these podcast episodes can help benefit, or go ahead and even share it in a Facebook group. Um, that would mean the world to me. Um, I really hope that you enjoy this episode here with my buddy, Eric. Um, Eric is a uh, hard charging, enterprising entrepreneur. Uh, and I think you're going to definitely glean some value from this episode. Um, Eric's been uh, pretty instrumental in helping get me and my company into the Christmas light business um, years ago. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that in our conversation today. I hope that it uplifts you. I hope that it inspires you uh, as we cruise into a new season here. Uh, and I hope that your business is busy as ever. So enjoy this episode, everyone, uh, and we'll be chatting soon. Welcome to the Home Service Business Coach Podcast with your host, David Mowerman. You will learn to grow your home service business and transition from being the technician in your business to being the CEO and leading your team to success. Get a front row seat where you will get practical advice from industry experts on how you can level up your home service business. Get ready to take some notes because we're going to jump right into it here. All right, everybody. It's Dave Mormon here, home service business coach. I am joined with my friend uh, and mentor, uh, Eric Kelly, uh, coming all the way today from Canada. So Eric, how are we doing today, my man? I'm doing great, Dave. Thanks. Absolutely. Um, guys, I wanted to get Eric on here. Uh, he's been uh, a friend and a mentor of mine and actually pretty instrumental in how my Christmas light business has, uh, has grown. And so we've been kind of chatting the last number of months and said, man, I got to get you on uh, the podcast here. We've got a good loyal listener base of washing companies, painting companies, landscaping companies. And I really want to profile um, how amazing Christmas lights can be um, to a lot of our listeners. And we're also going to have this on YouTube as well. So if you're watching there, uh, we'll be recording there as well. So um, Eric, why don't we dive in a bit, man? Tell us um, a little bit about your background. You've got quite a quite an interesting story and and tell us kind of how that even translated into you even getting that uh that entrepreneur bug yeah so i think uh when people ask me like did you always want to be an entrepreneur i said no i somehow caught the virus um i started in home service kind of haphazardly um about five six years ago i was working for a exterior siding company i was uh perfectly content there and uh, we did gutters, decks, siding, all that sort of stuff. And I worked for my parents for a little bit and they did pressure washing as part of their property maintenance company. And this, this idea came up, we got a question one day, like, hey, do you clean windows as well? And I said, no, but let me look into that. And that kind of like just peaked something in me. And I, I really only got into it because I saw there was money to be made there. No one was servicing our market. And so with a $200 loan from my parents, I went and bought some squeegees. And then I spent a weekend on YouTube learning how to do it. And it just kind of started from there. You know, I started in my early 30s. So I wasn't full of young energy. So I, I realized very quickly that I did not want to be on the tools my entire life. In fact, I wanted to get out of the field as quickly as possible. And so I really invested in knowledge and learning and systems and getting things set up Um to a point where I could take those vacations, where I could have that time. Um, and we were able to do that relatively quickly. 
Yeah, man, it's amazing. It's funny uh, to give everyone context. I actually met Eric at ResponsaCon. Uh, shout out to ResponsaBit is, is one of the conferences I attended. And we went into like these hacking rooms and I just saw Eric like had this like group of people around him and he's just like teaching about like washing. And I was like, I pulled up a chair and I'm like, man, this guy, one knows what he's talking about. And two, he's about a 45 minute drive or so from my area. And so um, yeah, I was going back a few years there. So kind of cool how uh, connecting the dots here. So you got yeah. your businessman off the ground. I think like you're, you're not a super technically minded business owner. Like you're, you just happen to find yourself in a washing and Christmas like yeah. business. So tell us a bit about some of the growth that you saw with your, with your uh, washing and light company. Cause they, they both grew pretty quickly, man. Yeah. So um we we pretty heavily leaned into growth as fast as we could. I realized um, that that was what was going to be necessary. I was never in love with the services that we did in the sense of I considered myself a window cleaner and a pressure washer first and a business owner second. I was never um, glamorous or romantic about what we actually do. Um, so that being said, um, I was perfectly happy to bring people onto our team, but Year, when I left my job at the siding company, um, I left best piece of advice I can ever give somebody is don't start an exterior cleaning business in the winter, which is exactly what I did. I quit my job Christmas Eve of 2017 and I started printing flyers on my Xerox laser jet and handing them out and doing everything I could, not realizing there was a seasonality to the business. Like I had no concept of the business except I cleaned windows and I cleaned gutters and that was it. And I needed money and it just, I had this hustle. And um, we grew to six figures our first year. And then we continued to grow each year after that until I finally exited my company this year. So amazing. Amazing. Yeah, you've, you've been really good, man, at putting systems into place and making sure stuff is is documented. And it's been uh, been cool to see the growth that you've had. Um, can you go a little deeper on the seasonality front, because maybe explain at least where we are to the listeners. Cause I think we're up here in Canada, but also, you know, for even States and kind of more the Northern States, can you just talk about what seasonality we see through the year? Cause I'm sure the listeners will find a lot of value in it. Yeah, absolutely. So we're in the Pacific Northwest area. So we have a lot of rain and we can have snow in the winter, but for planning purposes, we usually planned on March, to about October, November, depending on when it started getting too cold to clean. And that gave us about a 10 month season, right? Then you have another two months, you're like, what? probably even three months if you count December, January, and February. Now you have a gap where your business is going to suck funds through its fixed expenses that you still have to pay. You still have to pay your CRM, you still gotta keep the lights on, you still got a phone call bill. And, and those things, we didn't really anticipate those things. I just thought I could clean, 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 clean. Not realizing, the seasonality and the buying cycle to exterior cleaning specifically same thing with landscaping nobody paints in snow you know what i mean like there's a window now if you're out in a place where you know you're going to get snow we're talking michigan minnesota ohio like you might have an eight month season i know guys that they they run six eight month seasons mm -hmm. and that's just normal because that's all they can get done um so it's really important that you identify how to create 12 months of cash flow in your business uh, when you can't actually produce in say three of those months or six of those months, or even one of those months, mm -hmm. you know? So it was really important early on for us to identify that. And that for us, that was Christmas lights. Yeah. 
Yeah, man, it's so cool because I think like we start our business full of energy and we get going with the window and the gutter cleaning. And then it's almost like our revenue just like goes off a cliff. If you're hitting, you know, 20 K months consistent during spring, summer, and then you hit October and it's like, I did like 1500 this month. Like, and you start marketing harder when there's less eyeballs in the market. It just like gets very frustrating. And so I know with us, with Christmas lights, I was starting to hire a higher caliber person, like higher caliber employee to my team. And it doesn't really fly in an interview saying we're going to stay super busy for eight months, Eric, but then we've got four months where there's no paycheck. And like, I do know company owners that have spun that to be a positive, but I've always struggled with that as far as like, there's going to be no income coming into the business or to the employee for four months. It, I found it to be a tough sell. So um, yeah. talk us through, man, Let, let's get into it. I want to really camp this conversation around Christmas lights. Some people know a little about it. Some don't know much at all. So kind of explain, cause I think like it's bigger than just Christmas lights. Like there's a whole strategy here. So just kind of introduce yeah. it a little bit, what we're talking about here. Yeah. So Christmas lights, what we're talking about here is you are the designer, the supplier, the installer, and the takedown. It's a done for you service to a customer. So in the same way, someone pays to keep their lawn trimmed, their house tidied when they get a maid service. Um, it, it's also akin to people that set up tables and chairs and flowers for a wedding. It's a one-time event um, that you're being, you're, you're handling it all for them. So you have to not think like, I'm just hanging some Christmas lights. You actually have to think of yourself as you are planning their, you're giving them what they want for their holiday season without them having to do it. So you have to think part like an event company and part like a service, right? Mm -hmm. There is that added element to it because it's a 100% emotional sell. The benefit to it is when Christmas lights starts picking up, usually washing, painting, and lawn care are going down in revenue. People aren't paying for those services because they don't need them or there's no reason to at that time right? You can't clean a roof in the middle of a snowstorm. It's just, it's not going to work. So the, the handoff that can happen cash flow wise is super, super great um, for your business, for your bottom line, for getting better employees. There's a host of benefits to it. I think it's the number one profitable service that you can add into your company to stabilize your cash flow and get better recruits into your company in comparison to other services such as snow removal. You know, to get into Christmas lights, you need to be trained, you need to find a supplier and you need to have ladders in a truck and a pair of, of, of wire cutters. That's it. That, and if you're already painting lawn care or washing, you have everything you need already, mm -hmm. right? You have a CRM, you have a phone number. All you got to do is put a landing page up on your website. Mm -hmm. Whereas with snow removal, yeah, there's some really good money in snow removal if you get the right contracts. Now you're hunting contracts, you're buying a $50,000 plow, you might need a bigger truck. You're buying ten thousand dollars worth of salt. You got to store that. You got to get a spreader. Like you're in for a hundred grand by the time it's all said and done. Yeah. And I really feel like there is money to be made in snow removal. And I know guys that do seven figures in snow removal, but they didn't start there, right? And with Christmas lights, if you just need to add cash into your business to cover your fixed expenses and retain your employees, Christmas lights is your answer to that. Yeah, it's amazing, man. I think a lot of listeners, if you just total up maybe you've got an employee or two and you total up your actual burn rate from a monthly perspective, a lot of you will maybe have a 10, a 12, a 15K a month burn rates, not uncommon by the time you pay your office assistant and a couple technicians and your fuel and whatever. 
So for that to drop from 15 grand, like it's not, it's not really going to move a whole lot. And so we've got to figure right. out a way to meet at least that 15 to grand grand with revenue and ideally even more. Um, and Eric, what we found, and I know you have too, like Q4, October, November, December has actually turned into be uh, our busiest time of the year. And also mm -hmm. like our most profitable, a lot of our wash jobs cruising in and around a 20% net where we're lighting, we're double that we're making 40% net because maybe I'll let you get into it, Eric. But over the years, once that light cost is paid off, it is like you pay the guys and it is like cash money. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. A lot of guys get into Christmas lights to just put their business on life support in the winter, and it does that. But what you'll see is if you do it right and you market it right, it starts to grow. And if you do the leasing model versus the selling model, so what we're talking about is you are leasing them the lights, you're renting them the lights. It's a done, just like you don't buy the tables and chairs for a wedding, you rent them, right? You own the lights and you put them up on your house. But when you buy your, your cost of goods that first year for a house, when you reinstall them the next year, they're already cut, measured, and ready to go, right? So you actually save on labor as well. If you sell them the lights, you sell them the lights and the installation, and it's theirs permanently, right? The benefit to the leasing model is you get yearly recurring revenue on that same customer, right? So if you do $15,000 the first year and you're 40 to 50% cost of goods sold with your labor and your materials, the next year, that drops down to about 20% or less cost of goods sold for your labor. And so that's 30% more in, and you gain more customers each year. So if you do 10 to 15 houses your first year, then you do 30, then you do 45, that it, it has that snowball effect on your profit. And it can grow really quick, really fast, just like it did for us. We actually had to spin it out into its own company mm -hmm. uh, because of payroll and it, we were doing so much. It we, we couldn't keep it all in one anymore. And we wanted to grow that. We wanted to have lighting be its own thing, but that's not the case for everyone. I say, I know a lot of guys that they do just enough lights every year to pay their expenses, have some nice Christmas money left over for them and their staff. Everybody gets a month off or two months off or whatever. And that's it. You know, you, you can, you can do that if that's, it's all in your why for your business, right? Like if you just need the cash for fixed expenses, you don't have to push hard in marketing. You don't have to do a bunch of extra things. People will call you. And if you close, say, oh, we only need to close 20 clients in the next two months. That's easy. Yeah. That's two weeks of work, right? Yeah. So good, man. Like I say, cash flow is why people go out of business. And I think a couple ways just for some quick tips here. One, examine what the seasonality component is in your business and consider yeah. adding in Christmas lights because that helped us significantly. Um, and again, turn into our busiest time of the year. Two, um, people are like, okay, we got to buy the Christmas lights. Well, let's say your order is $5,000 on your first year. Let's just say mm -hmm. if you have already a book of business and Eric, I know, you know, this, you can go back to them and say, Hey, Mrs. Smith, we've launched a new holiday light division. We'd love to get you a quote. You go quote, Mrs. Smith. Let's say it's 800 bucks. You charge her 50% deposit to book her spot. You just had 400 bucks come in. Well, guess what happens when you do that 12 times, you've got 4,800 there's your light order. So like when you talk about money being like put up front, it's not super required. If you have a small book of business that you can go, you sold them washing. And again, lights won't be for everybody, but it will be for a certain segment of your washing clients or painting clients. You can go and cross sell yeah. them. Yeah. I find when I talk to a lot of guys getting into the business, cause I do spend a lot of time 
getting guys into the business, coaching, mentoring them through it. What I find is if you have a book of business already, so if you've been around for more than one year, let's say, um, you can expect even just through a text blast or an email blast to your database, because they already know, like, and trust you, you can count on a 10 to 20% uh, quote request rate. Yeah, sure. Give me a quote. Now, again, your close ratio is much lower in Christmas lights due to the prices and um, because it's an ultra luxury purchase in comparison to say washing, right? Um, but if you have say 500 people in your database, any active clients in your database, you're going to get 50 quote requests, you know, and that's huge. So you could easily, you know, get what you need for, to cover your fixed expenses for where you're at in your size of business in year one. Yep. Will you have a ton of profit year one? Probably not, but your bills are paid and you're not freaking out when the snow falls, right? You can still hang lights in the snow. And then the next year is where you really start to see it. Year one, there's always a little bit of doubt. Is this really worth it? But at the end of the day, even if I've told guys, if you go into Christmas light season and you sell just enough to cover your bills, to me, that's worth it. You know what I mean? At yeah. least your money did something, right? Yeah. Someone else paid your rent. Someone else paid your phone bill. Mm -hmm. You didn't pay for it out of the savings and the profit that you built up in your backbone business. Yeah. Yeah. No, man, for us, we washed in 2017, 2018, and then 2019, and we launched lights uh, in the fall of 2019. We're a little bit late to the game. And all we did was email and phone our client base. We probably had 150 quote requests easily. Uh, and yep. we sold 31 of those jobs and we stayed busy till Christmas. And then we repeated that same thing, 2020, 2021. So it's kind of this thing, if you're going to be in business for the long term, I think you need to, uh, you're going to build the business different than just make, you know, a couple quick bucks in one single season. So I think like yeah. the Christmas business, lighting business, it's a very rewarding business, but I do think you need to, it's not just to get in and get out. And that's like business advice 101. I think you want to yeah. build something sustainably for, for a few years, for sure. Yeah, because when you get to about year three is when you really start to see those profits and you'll make huge jumps. Like we went, when we started doing Christmas lights, I think we did 19,000. The next year we jumped to 78,000. Wow. Like massive jump, then to six figures and then to a quarter million. Wow. I mean, yeah. it's it, the leaps that you can take. It's all how much gas you want to pour on the fire. And I'll tell you, I probably spent less than 3%, maybe even 2% of our revenue on marketing. It's, yeah. it's, it's really easy. Yeah. It's amazing, man. Um, let's get in. I'm going to throw a curveball at you. Get into some of the don'ts and the screw ups with lights. Cause some people, maybe they're consuming this on YouTube. Okay. These guys know what they're talking about. I'm going to go figure it out on my own. What would be just a few things of like, Whoa, buddy, word of caution. Like here's the top two or three things that, cause you work with a lot of guys, man, that yeah. you see common mess ups. Yeah. Um, the number one thing is don't cut corners. There's a lot of bad practices out there. I've seen them um, where guys will just leave the end of the wireless. They'll just kind of do some hack. We call them hack jobs. Yeah. Re you really want to make sure that you're being safe, that it looks good. Because remember, they're hiring you as a professional that you're, you're coming to them and saying, I'm the expert. I'm the professional. It should look better than if they did it themselves. 
right? You don't want to have extension cords running everywhere. You want it to look clean. You want it to look nice because you're commanding a really high price. There is a ton of great information out there on YouTube, on the internet. There's a lot of things that you can learn. And there's some bad uh, information out there. That's what YouTube is. It's the, the land of good and bad advice. And you, you have to really figure out which is which, you know, I usually say that if it comes from a supplier, it's usually better information rather than some guy just holding his iPhone up being like, Hey, check me out, you know, mm -hmm. but yeah, like spend some time practice on your own house first, buy some product, practice putting it on your house first. So you know how the product actually works, how the clips work, how to put the male and female plugins on how to, you know, install the clips properly. And, and you want it to look good. The devil's in the details. I see guys, They'll cut the corners and, and things like that. And it just, it doesn't look good. And if you really want to differentiate yourself, your designs and your work should look better than the other guys. 100%, man. How about the call-in for, um, you know, I have Christmas lights in my garage. Can you guys hang them up? Talk us through yeah. that. Yeah, that's a great one. Because you will, I mean, inevitably, you're going to get those calls. People, what they... I've seen two approaches to that. They just say, right, sorry, we don't do that with no explanation. Uh, what we did in our company, because we got a lot of those calls, they would go to Lowe's or Home Depot or Canadian Tire and buy you know, a pallet of them when they're on sale at the end of last Christmas, which I used to be one of those guys. I've been in Christmas lights my whole life. But the reality is, is you got to look at your insurance. That's really what it comes down to. And two, it lowers the standard of what you are and what you do. Uh, so what we started doing is instead of being like, no, we don't do that. We only touch our stuff. We, we politely say, Hey, you know, like, I understand you don't want to get on a ladder and you have all these lights. We recommend hiring a handyman service because they'll do anything for, you know, 30, 40 bucks an hour. Right. Yeah. We're well above that. We give them a, a price anchor point and we go, Hey, this is where we're typically at. And we've converted some people over when we explain that the lights we use do last longer. They're brighter. They look better. They're cut fish fit and measured to your house. So you don't have like pieces hanging off and we've been able to convert some people, but the reality is you're just going to have to politely tell them no. And if you can give them a referral um, that if you have a partnership with a handyman service that you trust, that's always a good way for community building. Yeah, that's so good, man. I think even emphasizing just like this is a to the listeners, like this is a premium service. And like I'd even say for our client list, you're only talking maybe the upper quarter or so uh, 20, 25 percent are actually mm -hmm going to write a check, swipe the credit card for, um, for holiday lights. So, but again, yeah. if you look at going up market, um, you need some strategy with this and some salesmanship, but they're definitely, I think better, the more people pay the, they tend to be better clients to work for. And guess what happens is if you get, like we did, we got 31 Christmas light clients our, our first year, they went up market. Now you can go in springtime and offer your washing services again and go back down market. So like, yep. you know, I think a lot of people just don't know how to effectively cross sell their existing client base into their other services. And they think Eric, Oh, more on Facebook, more on Google, more, more, more. It's like, man, yep. if you actually play defense as good as offense, you can actually, mo like, I would argue if you have a hundred clients right now, maybe eight of them could actually rattle off all the services you do. Like literally it's a, maybe I'm being facetious, but most of them don't know all that you have to offer. And it just is a yeah. simple education game. Yeah. It, and it can be where your value proposition for lights may, we, we started to notice a difference when we spun it off into its own company. We did not have a lot of cross migration. We had lights customers that were more than happy to give us two to $3,000 for a lights display, but wouldn't give us, 
you know, $150 to pressure wash their driveway because their mm-hmm. value determination was like, no, nah, like I'm not paying 150 bucks for that. Mm-hmm. They'll pay the two to three grand because that represents something different to them. And I do think if you add lights into your business, it does have an effect on what your average ticket is. So if you're a painter and a whole house paint costs, I don't know, what does it cost to paint a whole yeah, house? Like five, like five, six, seven grand. Yeah. So you're already dealing in those types of numbers. Whereas if you're lawn care and it's 25 bucks a week a cut, you know, that might, you might have a little bit of a jump there. That doesn't mean you won't get customers, but you won't have as much cross-pollination between your services. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, washing, it's kind of in the middle there. If you're at a higher end of washing, you can usually, you know, cross-pollinate that. If you're the the cheaper washer, you know, a value washer, as I like to call it, you're going to have a little bit harder time to ascend them to that higher price point. Yeah. So good. Got one more, man. Um, mm-hmm. The future of the lighting industry, I think I'll let you take this one because I would still say it's a reasonably new service. Maybe even people popping onto this podcast, like, whoa, what is that? And again, guys, this isn't just stringing up money or stringing up Christmas lights for 200 bucks, right? This is like a, it's a legitimate business or legitimate add-on to your current services. So we're 2023, Eric, at time of this recording, like what, what do you see the next five years, this really happening in this industry? Uh, I see. So my prediction, if I were to look into a crystal ball, I think that we are still in a very blue ocean, but Mm -hmm. even in the last couple of years, since I've gone pro and really ascended in in the community uh through training and networking and different things and like we have a, a whole sales training boot camp now for selling just christmas lights so we're mm-hmm. going to start to see the the assistance and the coaching and those things grow mm-hmm. in the market which is going to create better and better value stacks to the customer so we're going to see that the the whole market the industry is still going to grow in triple digits for sure for the next five years mm-hmm. we are going to see more and more people get into the business and that's when it's going to be really key that you have a very good value proposition. Not we just hang lights. Uh, we can do that for you, but actually uh, build a nice value stack. So when they are, when you are finally competing, which we're going to see some decent competition in metro areas, probably from ne- this year, this fall and onward, we're going to actually start seeing some good competition where they have branding and a very good value stack. That's where you're going to really have to focus. And it's going to become a purple ocean. Um, and it's not going to be a red ocean for a long time. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree, man. I think like even the fact, at least what we do, we, we store all the lights too. Like it's, we, it's actually Mm -hmm. like our company's lights, not even the, the homeowner's lights. And like, you know, I was out running the other day and just ran by someone's garage. And I was just thinking like, man, the next generation of people are not going to want to store their own Christmas lights in a garage. Like I just want to flick one switch and have the whole house light up and I can go and move to my next thing. So I think like the lights, yeah, it is a disposable purchase, but I think it does nestle itself nicely into our service subscription economy, um, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And I think what we have to realize is we have a whole generation of people buying homes now that have very nostalgic and emotional memories about what their house looked like and watched Hallmark movies with their family. And they created this whole uh, small sphere of what Christmas means to them. Mm-hmm. And they're going to want to create that, but they've never climbed a ladder. They've never worked a staple gun. They don't know the first thing about putting up Christmas lights and the do-it-yourself market isn't there anymore. They Because what happened was, is back in the eighties and you know the late seventies and the early nineties, their dad did it, you know, or someone in their family got up on the house and did it. Cause that's just what you did. 
that was all there was. They would sell the lights and then you would put them up and that was the end of it. And they're going to want that feeling. I've, I've had multiple customers say, you know, it's my kid's first Christmas. I want to make this amazing. And they just do this massive display on their house. You're going to see more and more of that. You're going to see more and more people buying homes that have no clue on how to take care of them. Handyman's going to go up, pressure washing, lawn care, maid service. All of those industries are going to grow because we have a whole generation of homeowners now that are DIY illiterate. They don't, and, and that's not, a, I'm not saying that to slight them. They just don't have that. They, they were never handy. They never took shop class. They never had someone in their life teach them, this is how electrical works. This is this. And, and that's fine, but they're still going to need to have these things done. And so you're tapping into that. Well, I need it done. Hey, Alexa, get, I want Christmas lights on my house. Okay, Google, find me a Christmas light company. That's where we're going. And that's why it's really crucial to get in on it. Even if you only do 40 homes a year and you're fine with that and you stay with that, mm-hmm. it's going to be there. Those 40 people are going to be there for you right now. Yeah. Well, yeah, man. And even 40 homes, like if you actually go through proper training and know what you're doing, um, mm-hmm. your your average ticket will be in and around a grand, maybe more. Yeah. Um, that That's 40K, which, you know, again, decent sized company, that could be your overhead expenses for three months. So yeah, um, yeah it definitely financially, it makes sense. Um, do you see any downside with with the lighting business. I mean, every industry has downsides, but I I think probably I'll give one would be um, staffing, like could be, I mean, that's going to translate to your painting side or your washing side, whatever you're doing. But I think like, yeah, having technicians that are okay, working up at heights, that would be one. Um, Is there anything else you're like, oh, this would be something to kind of, if you're building like a SWOT analysis around, this would be more maybe like a, a, a threat or a potential weakness. I think um, you can't, when you, I think the biggest threat, I'll say, at least from my own experience has been, it hasn't been the heights because we already worked at heights. It, it was a, it wasn't any of those things. It could be if you're coming from a different industry per se. Um, our biggest threat was misunderestimating how busy the season's going to be. Yeah. And if you, if you are not on top of good scripting, good sales, you're going to miss a ton of opportunity. Um, it's very hectic. You you figure if you start October 1st, you have until December 25th. You can't go past Christmas. And so you have to really be good at getting nothing but the best leads, closing them effectively, getting the work done efficiently, controlling your margins, not being wasteful. It's 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 very compact. Whereas with washing or your other business, you can create a cadence and a pace to your business, right? Mm-hmm. You know, spring's always really busy, get started up, but then you kind of it's like a boat getting up onto plane. Once the boat's up on plane, it you just keep it on plane. With Christmas lights, it's like lighting a fireworks display and you just have to get them all lit before the music runs out and that's it. And you, every year you try and add more fireworks into the display. Totally, man. We found um, November was obviously crazy the first year. And then the last couple of years, we've really got ahead of it and pushed our, we call them our re-ups. So people who are coming back for year two, three, four, we moved them up into uh, all of October. And even this year, I think our first lights went up in the last week of September, um, yeah. which is crazy. Just trying to extend that capacity. So you're right. It is, it's, it's almost like a business boot camp, man, in like 10 weeks just to get yep. everything done. And uh, there it's crazy on the family life and it's crazy on, uh, on the personal health side too. It's uh, it, it's going to test you for sure. I think. Yeah, it, it can be exhausting, but it's worth the money. 
Um, this year did start abnormally early for a lot of guys. Um, and I know a lot of guys, this is their only business. They literally take the other eight to 10 months of the year off. Hmm. They make all their money in Christmas lights. They go away to Bali for two, three months. They come back like that's their, what they wanted. And it's the perfect niche business for that. But the majority of the guys that I meet in this industry have a backbone business and they do this for extra revenue. You know yeah. what I mean? It's amazing. Awesome, man. Well, how can people learn more about what you're doing? I uh, I know you came and spoke at our summit and uh, I like mm -hmm. to call you our uh, our Christmas light king. So t tell us how people can learn more, man. Uh, the easiest way is find me on Facebook. Uh, really easy. You can't, there's a lot of Eric Kelly's. There's a professional boxer, but just look for the guy with the big beard. My beautiful wife is sitting next to me and connect with me on Facebook because there's a lot of different avenues I can send you down depending on what your question is. If it's training, supply, you know, technical questions, there's a lot of different avenues, bulletin yeah. boards, message groups, Facebook groups. There's a lot of different places I can send you. So just connect with me on Facebook, send me a message. And uh, that's the easiest way. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll link up your Facebook there to the to the show notes here on the podcast sure. and YouTube and yeah, everyone. Eric's actually been our supplier the last number of years too, and has been uh, very instrumental man in helping us uh, navigate the stress. Uh, so I think uh, you're you're a great uh, great coach and a great resource in uh, in the industry for sure, man. Yeah, no, it's it's a lot of fun. I've been doing it for since on and off since I was fourteen, and I I love it. It's the feeling is unlike anything else. You know, if I, I was never romantic about washing, but I am about lights. So yeah, I can tell it's awesome. Well, man, leave us with uh, uh, maybe one final piece of advice when it comes to, we can go as broad as we want here, man, but like business, entrepreneurship, Christmas lights, washing, um, tell us maybe one piece of advice. I think we got a lot of listeners in around that 100 200k mark of revenue how do we grow like eric did like dave did what what would be an advice you'd leave them with i would say the biggest piece of advice number one is if you want to grow um you have to define why you want to grow is it time money and then you have to weigh that with what level of commitment you're willing to apply to that so when we pushed into growth, I sat my family down. And I said, hey, it's going to be crazy for the next two to three years. It's going to suck up all our spending money. It's going to suck up all our money past our spending money. It's going to suck up my time. But eventually, we're going to get to a place like, you know, I took a lot of trips last year. We bought an RV this year. We've been camping like every other weekend because I wanted time, time with my family. I have a 13-year-old and a nine-year-old son. And that was why I wanted to do that. Um so when you look at an opportunity, you have to look at, is it going to help me reach my goal or is it not? I can tell you with Christmas lights, I wouldn't say it's a no brainer, but if you sit on your hands for three months of the year, worrying about credit cards being declined, then Christmas lights is a really good option for you to at least look at and see, can this at least stave off those losses that I'm going to take and I can keep that profit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, man. That's so good. It's almost two-step. Like save off the losses and then start stacking the bank account with, uh, yep. with some passion. If you look at a multi-year approach, like it's, uh, it, it, it'll, it'll fly man. especially if you've, if you have a successful running business already, that's where I think it becomes a no brainer. Cause you kind of already done it. You just need to kind of go do it over here. Yeah. You pretty much have all the tools in your tool bag already. So all you're doing is you're adding one other thing, which has a high, uh, chance of, giving you some really great cash that everybody needs in the winter. 
Yeah, totally. Last thing, man, maybe let's link up. Let's just get the audio for your email as well. Just if people find another bearded Eric Kelly, what, what would be good to, uh, to reach out to you on email? Uh, best email, uh, best one you're going to reach me at is eric.kelly at lightsalespros.com. Sweet. I'll link that one up too for everyone. If they hit you up on Facebook, sweet. If not, uh, send, send Eric an email guys. Yep. I've known him four years now. He's been incredibly helpful. And, uh, Eric, man, thank you so much for stopping by on YouTube and the podcast, dropping some gold nuggets. And, uh, I'm sure I'll have, uh, some of the keeners reach out and, uh, ask no more problem. questions and maybe do some business with you. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm here for. Awesome. Well, thank you everybody for listening. Hopefully you got some gold nuggets and uh, it's Dave Mormon, Eric Kelly. We're wrapping up here. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Take care, everybody. All right. So just before we wrap up, wanted to let you know, uh, if you've not yet heard, we're actually going to be closing our doors on Home Service Business Coach. Uh, we have totaled it up. We have helped now 121 home service business owners build systems so they can transition from technician to CEO of their business. You guys know what we do. You listen to our podcast. Um, that's obviously great and appreciate your support. However, for a small group of you that want to get our help in systematizing your business, that is why we exist. And so I wanted to let you know, uh, at the time of this recording, we have seven spots left, left in our community. Um, once they're filled up, we will be closing uh, the doors and we will be creating a wait list um, because that is what we want to do is just work with our existing members based on the growth that we have seen. So if that's of interest to you, uh, just scroll down here before the episode ends uh, and book a call in with our team. It's a free strategy call. We get on Zoom with you. We see if we can even help you. Um, and then we can show you uh, what we do and how we work with our members. So go ahead and do that if that's of interest. Um, and if you are just listening along, really appreciate you. Go ahead and share this episode with a friend or someone you think it can help. Have a great rest of your day, guys. Thank you for listening to the episode today. If you want to get even more value from David, then book your free coaching call at homeservicebusinesscoach.com.